The following podcast has been rated TVMA, NSFW, R, and NC-17, so it is not safe for kids. Put your children to bed. You spend enough time with them anyway. Times are getting a little easier these days, but that don't mean taking time for yourself needs to. When you want a drink, you want to work for it. That's why I only drink Malort. Its unusual full-bodied flavor of deck varnish and viper piss is a taste savored by two-fisted drinkers. So if you think your two fists are strong enough, why not grab yourself a shot of the only booze big enough to knock some sense right back into you? Jepson's Malort. It'll kick your ass for you, so you can take time taking her easy. Proud sponsor of Chad the Birdcast, which is what you're listening to right now. What's going on, everybody? My name is Chad. I'm a bird. This is my birdcast. There, you're all, you're all caught up. We did it. Didn't take long. Uh, what's happening with you? I know it's not like anything's going on right now. So, like, whatever you can do to feel good, baby, just do it. And then, you know, smoke them if you got them. Drink them if you got them. Buy them for someone who doesn't have them. Give me stuff. I need some things. Whatever you can do. Um, but so much was going on in the world that I needed to, to just fucking peace out from it so i was uh tooling around on instagram and i ran across somebody who i'm a huge fan of from uh, a lot of the bbc shows that i watch i don't know why i said bbc it maybe that's i don't know is that the the right it's the way i say it. it's my colloquial way of saying it the bbc shows that i dig like um the mimic toast of london uh he's also on bob the builder uh, he's on a show now called motherland Oh, man, there's so many. His fucking IMDb just takes forever. Uh, He's on a show called The Agency where he he does a bunch of different voices. And, uh, yeah, but Toast of London was where I knew him from. He's Axel Jacklin and Jeremy Paxman, and he also does the voice of Boris Johnson. Anything with an N at the end. Anyway, celebrity impersonator, celebrity himself, no impersonation, the Terry Minot. And uh, asked him if he wanted to jump on the birdcast and just kind of like rap with me for a little bit. He was like, no, man, I don't rap, but I will talk about movies with you. So and politics, because we got into a little bit there. Uh, But he's a very posh gent. uh, And we talked for hours. And uh, I just thought, you know, it would behoove us to have a little NPR music in between. So I'm doing the NPR thing. Let me know how it goes. I hope you dig it. Uh, But yeah. I've, it felt right to do a little public, like a little PBS broadcasty style interludes in between. So don't freak out. It's a little jarring. It's not the usual norm here on the, the Birdcast, but when you hang out with Terry Minot, nothing is usual and everything is, everything is fun and great. We fucked around. It's, it's a good time. You're going to love it. It was so cool to meet him and so cool to hang out with him. And we're buds now. We're going to do all kinds of shit together. He's coming over in like an hour, so I got to get ready. Uh, and, but while I'm doing that, why don't you listen to my legendary interview with the incomparable Terry Minot, already in progress. You like me, cause it could go downhill. I can't promise that you love me, but you probably will. I can't promise that you love me.
Well, when I was 19, I sold everything and came over to LA to do, I don't know. And then I lasted two months and traveled around and saw it all and then came back with sort of a plan. And then I got in music bands over here. And then, uh, so it kind of sculpted me like, you know, because we grew up with American TV and stuff. And it, I remember it was 93 and it was just, it was so amazing to go over there because the Britain was like, a little bit communistic, you know, we're still queuing around the block for stuff. So it was just amazing to uh, to get there. So I went there for a little while and then came back to Texas in uh, 1995 and had my brain blown away by uh, just how, how bad it was. Yeah, Houston, Texas. Uh, and then bits and bobs. Uh, but I said to you before, I, I didn't want to uh, come back until uh, the, the, the new guy was in. Yeah, we've had a bit of a rocky um, couple of decades here at, on the, at the state side. So, you know, take your time. Hopefully the, the club will still be here, um, but but you have a membership when you w wish to come back. Um, well, we still have the same thing. Boris oh, yeah. uh, Boris Johnson is is pretty much, pretty much a Trumpite. You know, he just goes on TV and blusters. Uh, a couple of years ago, he gave a huge speech about how Britain's leading in robotics and everybody was looking <laughs> at each other and going, we don't, there's one company in Scotland that makes a few robots and then that's it. And so basically we've got that sort of politics where if you, know, if you are a celebrity politician, it really doesn't take much. You just have to be less grey uh, than the rest of him. So we've still got Trump, really. But uh, Boris is a Trumpite type uh, politician. Boris looks like, like, or at least like the outward appearance when he does stuff on TV. It's like Trump's like brother who has all of his stuff and who's like constantly chasing after trump to be like wait 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 wait, wait. you forgot your fucking oh man you need a toothbrush uh yeah well i, I call him the overstuffed scarecrow because he just looks <laughs> and uh his hair's madness every time and uh he's just a big he's a big eaten mess and that's the problem he's he's part of the ruling class of uh bumbling idiots that was a journalist before that had several court cases against him for just making stuff up and just like i say if you're not gray uh and a boring politician uh and you you know like trump um then you'll get in you know and that's the crazy thing i feel like we just need to have better catchphrases for people that actually want to do good and make change and like uh you know respect human life because we have terrible fucking slogans. Like, yeah. make Earth Day every day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who's got that fucking time? Like, get it yeah, harder. Uh, hit it harder. Yeah, we, we don't Yeah, we don't even have slogans. We just have my way or the highway. It's like you're on a carnival cruise. And you're already kind of not into it. But you're like, eh, this is the cruise ship. It was the best one we could afford. And then the captain gets on and says, like, hey, fire dancing on the main deck. And you're like... Fire dancing. Do we yeah. feel like that's the best idea right now? Nah, yeah, fuck it. It's yeah. going to happen. And then it goes horribly wrong. And you're like, well, I'm going to be in my cabin. Yeah. And crying. Crying. Here we are. As but we go down. At least we, at least we have crab legs and Netflix. Um, but but how, it, how, is, uh, how is Biden being received there at the minute? Because over here, we were so pleased to have someone erudite enough to actually make a speech work without it sounding like he was di <laughs> completely dialing it in. Um, yeah, but like, now Biden's getting a bit like, burr, 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 burr. I can't even do an impersonation of him. But he's, he's, uh, no, so, so the Joe Biden goes like this. The Joe Biden is that you're yelling across the street at your neighbor 
Everything. It's that's all it is. You're yelling at your neighbor about the weather, and it's just a really slow country night. So like, yeah. it's just like if Joe Biden's gonna order a coffee, it's like coffee. I remember coffee. <laughs> I remember when they used to bring it over. And we threw it in the sea. Well, that's what I mean. You, I, I'm pleased we've got a guy who can string a sentence together. Uh, that's not much better than... Uh, uh, but some of those Trump speeches were uh, were desperately worrying, especially when he went on about injecting bleach into the body. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. In America, we've got, like, your, your suburbs outside of the cities have, especially the big cities, have a very specific like culture it's like the mick mansion culture all money no taste kind of thing where yeah. people can build like just because you can do something just because you like got in early in like a franchise doesn't mean that you know what you're talking about it just means that yeah. you got lucky and made a shit ton of money and then you were able to not live in the city and there's these just like epic estates out there and the the like dads that run those that's what trump was like like experiencing yeah. that where you're yeah. just like they're, they're so lost in like what's actually going on in the world because they're like oh man it's so easy you just get a job working at blah 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 they fucking promote you you just do this and then you got yeah. look at this t-bird i just i made i built this car myself and you're yeah. like neat but that's like a, anybody with money and that's the problem I, you guys call it shark tank don't you we call it dragon's den but we look up to people that's so much cooler than shark tank <laughs> i don't know why it's called shark tank but um <laughs> the thing is it's like we look up to people with money and basically they were either given money or they just got lucky uh, and then we're supposed to sort of you know listen to these dads that tell us how they bought their first house for a million and you're like well you got lucky or you bought when the market was extremely small and now I've got to sit here and listen to you because you've got four <laughs> cars on the drive. And I'm like, oh, you just want the ability to walk away. But we also have it. We had a party called UKIP, uh, which I think dissolved because it was run by complete idiots. But you didn't really see any banners until you got out into the countryside. And the thing that we were vote they wanted to be voted in for is to get rid of foreigners. But yet nobody lived next to them. So they possibly never met. Uh, foreigner so we didn't know they're just angry and out in the middle of nowhere uh, you uh, think if they were left alone they'd just get angry with trees or something wouldn't they <laughs> what can we do about that one stump we gotta we gotta get the court in there i know nothing about british parliament no nor do i nor do i it's more <laughs> convoluted than than anything in fact uh, the queen missed her first queen speech uh this week because uh, oh, she's no. 96 and she's got no mobility. But she has to walk in with two big bloody maces and then crack it at the door. And then <laughs> it's so bonkers. And the thing that really, really made me angry is we still do the search in the bottom of the Houses of Parliament for Guy Fawkes. So around uh, about, about November the 5th, all the footmen will go down into the basements and there's like eight guys on the payroll and they will jog on the spot through the basement to look for Guy Fawkes. And I don't want to break it to them, uh, but he, he's not, not going to be there. Uh, but I, also, uh, like, who sees that? It's like a tree falling in the woods. Who sees <laughs> eight guys jogging on the spot, running through the bar? And that's what you're up against all the time is this uh, argument that it's tradition. It's tradition, you know. a giant carnival down here like that's just the general attitude it's like sometimes it's a lot of fucking fun but you're also like that ride's not safe and no so that maybe... ride's gonna result in uh in stents going into my arteries yeah <laughs> which is what you're paying for um yeah. but yeah the uh 
the general vibe i would assume like because like i lived in la and i'm you know from laguna but like lived in la for a while and like uh lived near the old fox building which is mm. what is the building from Die Hard, uh, the Nakatomi Plaza, is the old Fox Studios building. Oh, is so, it? Yeah, so you could like hang out on the balcony. So our balcony would look over the Nakatomi Plaza, and L.A. has a lot of helicopters. And so I fucking got it. I was like, this is why all these movies look like this, is that they're filmed yeah. here in the 90s, which me everything looked like a fucking action film no matter what was going on. It was like you had yeah. helicopters, you had like red sunsets, and it was kind of hot all the time. And you're like, I get it. I kind of want to start smoking in a tank top right now. It, it's the same as uh, we. I got a channel on Friday nights on Twitch, uh, or UK time nine, uh, uh, and uh, we've been watching terrible like uh, Airwolves and nice. uh, Night, Night Riders. We're watching something called The Master at the minute with Lee Van Cleef about, and he's like the most unlightening ninja master you've ever seen. Yeah, Lee um, Van Cleef was a whole movement back in the day. Yeah, but it's all filmed a mile away from the studio in sort of LA scrubland. And do you know, whenever they're doing a Vietnam sequence, it's always like one plant just in the middle of the just, most arid it's just a, landscape. It's a palm right here. <laughs> and one actor hiding behind one palm, two and a half palms. They're the always book. hiding behind palms. Palms are historically very hard to hide behind. Right, what or you can you just doing? shoot through it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the whole thing is that every single thing that was, they must have, get, all the money must have gone to the actors because nothing went on location. They literally filmed like Michael Knight, leather jacket, LA, red hot. Don't know why he's got it on. In the middle of a scrubland, driving around, no no reason, breaking through a gate. Exactly the same <laughs> as Dukes of Hazard. So exactly many gates back in the day. God, man, you would have think that in the 80s and 90s, LA was just mostly gates. Gates, gates and, and fences, trash piles. Yeah. And cars always just flipped on their side. <laughs> no matter what. That's how you park them. You just yeah. have it. It's like. It's like when you figure out how to maximize your bookshelf space. You're like, well, if I just park it like this. <laughs> but zero money was spent on location, and it was all a mile away. And uh, we've also been watching the full guy, Lee Majors, uh, absolutely terrifically bad. Uh, every time he goes to, uh, like, Miami or Central America, it's just same. It's the same place it's, all over just, again. You're not on Venice Beach now, but you absolutely. have, like, a yellow tint. And uh, somebody playing like a, a very percussive instrument, and you're like, "Oh, I guess we must be in Morocco now. Are we in Morocco? Yeah. I yeah, don't know." Or stock footage, yeah, stock footage <laughs> of it, and then you go back to like LA scrubland. Uh, did you see? Did you go see Moonfall? Yes. When it came out, fucking yeah. A plus. I yeah. no notes when it was over. I was like, "All right, everybody, go home. Yeah. I think we've done it. We've done all we can, people." A Thank series you, of terrible decisions, yeah. It, it, but yeah, but it started with Independence Day, didn't it? Yeah. Where where an where a Labrador can outrun a super laser, right? Uh, right. A, a, and from that moment on, you know, like aliens are attacking you. Uh, but let's have a big speech uh, in between. You gotta They'll have just a stop. moment, though. You gotta and then at the know end, what you're fighting for. You yeah, gotta know at, what you're fighting for. <laughs> at the end, resolving why headbutt it with a plane. <laughs> with a plane. Yeah. Headbutt. Brilliant. I'm gonna boop it. I'm going to boop it. You sure that's going to work? I don't fucking know, dude. Get off my back. Boop. Oh, it worked. Yay, we win. Yay. Da -na 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 -na. That's my favorite part about the end of just the best kind of shitty action movie is the like, I guess we did it. Let's get out of here. Let's go. Go. You have so much paperwork to do.
What do you think, like right now, what hasn't, in, in like an action context, what haven't they done yet? Because like uh -oh. fast, so, fast fucking nine went to space, which we all knew was going to happen. Yeah. But like we're, yeah. we're, and Moonfall, like we've done it. We've brought back Godzilla and King Kong. Yeah. Like what haven't we seen yet? Maybe I think internet dating and <laughs> that I was thinking like, because we've done tidal waves like drought, uh, volcanoes and stuff. What about, because you were talking about uh, Tessa Thompson. She's an attractive looking lady. We get her in, yeah? She right. signs up for an online dating thing. She gets sent so many dick pics. There's like a dick <laughs> tsunami that comes in. There's dicks coming out of drawers, dicks coming through the window, and she has to get above dick and her family and her Alsatian and away from all of these dicks. So that was just another idea. The other idea that I had, we've had Catwoman. What about Dogwoman? She has to get her anal glands expressed. Um, <laughs> she just humps everything. She's fucking useless. Uh, she just keeps... She has uh, separation issues. I just think it's way open for it. <laughs> I love the idea that Dogwoman is just like, oh, are, are you guys going out? Oh, okay. Well, well you're coming back, right? <laughs> Just really bad separation issues, and uh, there's not much of a film at all. Yeah, but I feel like the two of them can team up. You've got Tessa Thompson, who's drowning in online dick pics, and she needs yeah. an escape. So uh, she meets a, a, a dog Like, Are we talking like a hybrid, like Dr. Moreau kind of dog woman, or is it somebody oh, I think like, that would like be, a no, spider I think that would no, we go we go with that hybrid because that movie okay. was one of the most disconcerting things to look at uh, <laughs> ever. So yeah, let's go full bad prosthetics as well. So yeah, so like uh, the, a bit like the Wiz, right? So she's got this like dog that's quite clearly a human. Right. So so it's like a Saturday morning host, but like yeah. everyone around her just assumes it's a dog, but no one yeah. calls her out on it. They're like, oh yeah, no. like, poor poor dog woman. She's been yeah. through so much with all the genetic experimentation. Yeah. Uh, so, but like, okay, so they meet up clearly mm. because yeah. uh, that, I mean, and that makes sense, right? Tessa Thompson's not looking for like dating. Yeah. I mean, she's not looking to date right now. She gets a dog, which also yeah. happens to be a hybrid. Also, just so I need to mention, uh, Tess is also an ex rollerblader, um, oh, but she's moved sense. to a part of America that's not very friendly to roller skaters. Yeah. So, so she no can never quite get traction. She's always stuck in mud. <laughs> So this kind of like it's gives like the movie another thing. gear. Like it, it's not. <laughs> it's not like it's not like roller skating is outlawed. It's just no. it's a really muddy area. It's just like it's a lot of rain, yeah. lot, lot of, of rain. clay. Just okay. can't get traction. Just basically dragging it around. But she doesn't want to give it up. Now the other thing is, do you remember like in the eighties? Uh, was it Cujo? Like um, right. rabies was a big thing. Yeah. Right. So yeah, maybe it's Stephen King, right? Stephen King was yeah. like, "I just learned about rabies, so now you're scared of it." And, and us too, because we we had loads of series about it uh, in the eighties. It was like the only thing. Uh, so <laughs> uh, we'll do that. But the dog woman gets rabies. Oh shit! Well, yeah. what's she? What's Tessa gonna do? Tessa's not a doctor. She's and this drowning is all she dick. has right now. She's drowning in dick right now. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, so. 
She's all right, but then okay, so now it's like a, a Hulk situation where dog. Yeah. We need a name for dog woman because I feel like just calling her dog woman is is, is disrespectful to dog. Yeah, woman. Um, uh. I think her her name is uh, Rufus or like uh, Rough or Scraps or yeah. uh, uh, I don't know. Cujo's pretty fucking on the mark. Um, how about yeah? How about how about uh, let's go with Scraps until something comes up. Scraps. Yeah, but then also because the genetic. Um, mutations didn't really go well and she lost a lot of her biological self. The rest of us like made up of toasters and like uh, toasty makers oh, dude, and microwaves. Like a, it's like a fucking so Cronenberg like Cyborg. situation. Okay, yeah. okay. Side dog. Yeah. Borg dog. Yeah. Dog Borg. Dog Borg. She makes mi microwave noises when ting, when she has an idea. <laughs> this Cronenberg half canine, half toaster, lost in the world, meets up with Tessa Thompson, just over her shit. So it's a little bit of you got mail, uh, like Thelma and Louise kind of situation yeah. in a Cronenberg verse. I love this. Um, yeah. All right. So now they're on the road. Now they're on the run because obviously the dicks are after the, the at least she, the she can see the dicks in the rearview mirror of her truck. She's trying to outrun Dick, right? And we all know that's a fucking nightmare. Especially where she's been this whole time, which is mostly just mud and clay. So like this yeah. area of, of like Texas that she's in. Just mm. so much rain. Just it's shit yeah. weather all the time. It's misty. You the like, cameraman can't even pull focus. Even pull, There's so no, much rain. Even, so much rain. We, the, it, we can't even send people down there to shoot it. We're just going to have to take their no. word for it. We just bolt it to the truck and then off we go. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> so most of the time, Scraps is saying, just kill me. End <laughs> this torture. Just crying bloody tears. She's trying to deal with all of this. She's trying to push it forward. She can't quite drive. She's got roller skates on. There's dicks in the rearview mirror. The dog just wants to die. But Tess, what's Tess's character's name? But Tess doesn't want to, she's not dealing with anything. She's never good at dealing with anything, even as a child. And because she's so into roller skating, she just does her whole life. She just goes with it. She just rolls yeah. until she stops. But then she comes to a place where she can't even roll. She's already stopped. She, she can't roll no more. Yeah, can't even handle yeah. it. So now her and stuck in the mud. Her and scraps stuck in the mud, trying to get away from um, not just metaphorical yeah. dicks, but I'm assuming they'll be they'll be real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to the CGI of a thousand tsunami, <laughs> hundreds of thousands, just <laughs> swallowing up cityscapes, <laughs> just dick pics, just a giant like uh like like kaiju of dicks coming for yeah just a sea of dick just coming her way oh that sucked literally um just ocean of dick ocean of dick and now but how do you i mean how do you get out of that right like she doesn't have she doesn't have traction that's She's the got thing a pain a pain was it are we are we filming in louisiness are they going to drive off the cliff and call it a day no 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 we're gonna we're, we're gonna bring a love interest in ian mckellen and the, he's he's just he works at a gas station He's just laid back. He works at a gas station. He's wearing really high-cut Daisy Dukes and cowboy boots. He's like, hello, what's your name? Would you like to come in here? Oh, you're rather attractive. <laughs> but, like, not not hitting anything. He looks over at the dog, and the dog's like, oh, And he's like, oh. <laughs> I, would, I would, oh, my God. I would fully fund a podcast that is just Ian McKellen chatting with people. Uh, yeah, just out, out, just out with the pumps, with people. the dust bowls and stuff, and just red hot. Yeah, yeah, with right. a crop top, with a tea bag crop top as well. <laughs> but it's just oh, not working very well. Oh, you're very oh, Have you seen woman. any pussy around here? <laughs> and boobs, boobs, <laughs> boobs too. Boobs too. I'll take the front and, anyway and the back. Comes. Is this your dog? 
<laughs> and just constantly making a noise so, in the back of the truck. So this this is the family dynamic yeah. now of this of this trio of post-apocalyptic yeah. survivors uh, living out here in this this barren yeah. wasteland somewhere south in Texas. Um, all right. Well, I mean, look, we've all seen the Mad Max movies. We know where it goes. They've got to turn back around. And yeah. face that fucking wall of dicks, or they're the going to be dicks, running their yeah. whole life. And also tremors. I'm thinking here. Oh yeah, well, there's going to be. They, they have to get out be worms, man. Yeah. So the dicks bury into the sand now. Oh shit, man! They've right? evolved. And they have to get up on the building, but Scraps can't get up no. because her lead doesn't go that far. She's also mostly toasters. Not yeah. easy to lift. So she's still in the truck, lolloping about, <laughs> bleeding. <laughs> Ian's Begging like, over for- here, jump! Everybody's sweet release. <laughs> and, yeah. and then she, and it's always just, thank you. Like, she's the bait, right? She's like, no, yeah. I'll, 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 the dicks will come for me. I'll drown. You get, So you guys can move Ian, on and save. Ian <laughs> takes the gas pump, sticks it in her mouth, and just pops, just fills her up. <laughs> He's like, keep swallowing, you stupid dog. And then he fills her up with it. And then they set it on fire and then drive it into the into the dick worm. I mean, obviously, all the money is going to go to the final explosion. Uh, yeah, big explosion. Big explosion. And then they walk up the highway. Right. And you can just see the top of Ian's buttocks coming out of the Daisy Dukes. Just... As he walks, just one going up and down, and then he puts his arm around her, and then we've got to come up with like the catchphrase of something like, ain't no dick big enough for the both of us, or, like, or something uh, like, like that. Uh, oh, no, he puts his hand, okay, so he puts his hand around her yeah. back, and she notices that he's dangling roller skates, and uh, he looks her in the eye, yeah. Gandalf winks, and just goes, I think it's time you find your footing, and then like, <laughs> water off into the sun. Oh, Let's get traction. <laughs> yeah, and then they just skate up off the road. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, the top of Scraps' head falls <laughs> on the road. <laughs> and she's just like, Hello? And Scraps isn't dead. Hello? Scraps now half dick and now <laughs> half and dog. And she buries herself back in the... Oh, no, now she's on it. And the sand. Oh, fuck. Which leaves, which leaves an opening for two. Am I right? Who the who the fuck is not going to get in on this magnet? Maybe we need a GoFunding page. I don't even think we need to do. That. I think we've already like just willed it. We manifested just it just by asking. Straight to Hollywood, and say, uh, yeah. I'm gonna say one thing: dick pig. <laughs> dick pig. Traction. The name of our film is Traction. Oh. About? Tune in. Traction. Traction two. Traction yeah. three. Oh fuck yeah! We don't yeah. even have to do the Die Harder shit. It doesn't need it. It's not like the Fast and Furious where they're trying to get clever with the titles. Like, no, no, this the is dick, traction. Five. The dick does all the work. So you do a lot of so so from the beginning. Have you always been doing impressions, or has it just been sort of like a thing you know to do in your arsenal? No, I started doing stand up, and I was so bad at it. <laughs> I remember one of the top one of the top UK comedians said, hey, well, "You'd be really good if you weren't like if you didn't look like a man that was having a breakdown, <laughs> and if you left gaps." Damn. Uh, and then I went on. Uh, I ended up going on MySpace 
coming off the the live thing because I just didn't, couldn't get my foot in on it at all. I'm sure if I started again now, it wouldn't be as bad. But there's a sort of master of ceremonies that you need to be that sort of swagger. You know, like some there's some terrible stand up comedians, but they have the swagger right. so they can sort of carry on their career for a long time. And I didn't have that. I was more of a writer, more of an idiot. And um, then I went on MySpace and uh, had a, a little series called Star Street, which was Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan Kenobi and then all that sort of stuff. And then from there, um, did a YouTube clip. Didn't go huge, but then uh, got picked up. And then I had a UK series called uh, The Mimic, which was just about a normal guy uh, doing voices and being weird. Uh, more of a sort of uh, comedy drama and then I did another show called VIP, Very Important People, which was just a blatant piss take out of um, <laughs> all celebrity. And it was very, very cutting on uh, on the BBC, uh, on the Channel 4, sorry. Uh, and then uh, so I end up as I'm the guy they get in on adverts to do an animatic, basically, before the advert is an advert. But half the time they don't care. Like I went in to do Snickers the other day and they were like, can you do Tom Selleck? And I went, no. And they went, don't matter. <laughs> what does Tom Selleck sound like, right? And I'm like, well, all right. Hi, hi this <laughs> yeah, is Tom Selleck. You remember me from Magnum. But then I did. Yeah, right. Magnum. <laughs> and I've said my name. Uh, but uh, And then you'll go in and you'll do. I did all the Michael Gambon adverts for a product called Sif over here. Uh, for a Sif free shine. Nice. Uh, just had to keep doing that. And then uh, the advertising execs were getting really cross with me because they were, well, you've not quite got him. And I'm like, you know, I'm not him, right? right. You know, you're getting in the real, right. you know, you're getting in the real person for about 400 grand and you're paying me like absolutely <laughs> no. So yeah, I did all the uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, the cause adverts and stuff when they get me to build it first, even if I can't do them. And I do a lot of David Attenborough's stuff uh, before he comes in to do the, the main stuff. So yeah, I'm always... Uh, I'm always doing stunt, uh, stunt work, voice stunt work, essentially. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Just in case something goes wrong, at least you were in the studio. That's always great. Yeah, get burned. <laughs> yeah, say this politically incorrect thing first. Yeah. <laughs> just to see. Yeah, we're going to test out some of the racier material. Uh, we, just to see yeah. how it goes, we're going to send Terry in there to do it. And you're like, oh, guys, I'm, I don't mm. think I'm coming out of this one, guys. Yeah, he got cancelled, so let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, so literally they get me in to do, and I did a lot of the Lego stuff, redid some of the uh, uh, Lego adverts for uh, Morgan Freeman and stuff like that. So you're always in there Oy. saying shit. You well, know. you, because you did, I, the the thing I knew you from, but when you hit me up on Instagram, which is why I was, I was giddy for a bit, was from Toast of London, because I always keep track yeah. of who's on shows that I like. Yeah, I did two characters. So I did an impersonation of Jeremy Paxman, which is a well-known uh, political uh, journalist. Uh, and then I did a character, a high winds actor, which was basically James Mason. So, and, and I'd been speaking to Matt a lot on WhatsApp and we just kept, uh, giving bullshit stories and I pretended to be James Mason, but talking about RVs <laughs> and the best kind of RV. Uh, have you ever tried the musketeer? It has the toilet. Uh, and then eventually he kind of married it into, uh, into toast. So I was really, I was going to be in the new series, but it got boshed through, um, my whole section got boshed through, uh, COVID. Oh so. man. Oh, that sucks. Uh, I know, COVID, COVID, bloody COVID. I thought we threw you out. (laughs) Never never mind killing all these people. You're ruining my career. (laughs) 
So, uh, yeah, um, there's always bits and bobs and uh, it, it, it was really lovely to do Toast, yeah, because it was bonkers. Yeah. Uh, Arthur Matthews uh, was the co-writer as well who did Father Ted. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Which was a I huge didn't know series over cool, here. Man. Uh, Father Ted, that takes me back to like the old, the older days. I mm. remember that show. Late yeah. nights. Because uh, in America, all of the BBC shows we watched were on PBS after like 2 p.m., after 2 a.m. So right. like... Yeah. We would catch all of those things like Father Ted or uh, what was the other one that we used to watch? Oh, Red Dwarf was another one we used to check out all the time. Yeah. And uh, and that was like right around when MST3K was coming out. So that kind of all, you know, moved into one big soup where we were like confused. We're like, are they all British shows? And they're like, no, those guys are from yeah. Minnesota. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, Red Dwarf was an amazing game changer because Britain was mainly producing out middle class uh, families that lived in bullshit houses and had terrible predicaments like uh, the husband bringing back uh, their boss to have tea and stuff, you know, bollocks. And then all of a sudden you had this sort of strange Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Like one of the episodes was about flu evolving, wasn't it? And uh, do you remember that one? And flu had become uh, an actual person. and it Person, was, right, yeah. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant uh, to see something that was A, set in space, and was B, really, you know, off the wall. So it was a game changer. So yeah, before, uh, well, it would be a school night. And I think I was a little bit too young when it first started, but literally we'd sneak into my brother's room who had one TV and just turn it on. Yeah, um, our sneak, it. the sneak show I used to sneak was Tales from the Crypt. So oh, like, yeah. like, <laughs> which I think is funny if you think about culturally, like uh, how different Tales from the Crypt is from Red Dwarf. It's like, they're both <laughs> wild and weird. But one of them is just like, we're going to rip out tongues and show boobs. And you could just kind of go, oh, yeah, that yeah, sounds American yeah. to me. The, the other one was the our answer to Saturday Night Live, which was Friday Night Live. And that had Rick Mail come across on it and Harry Enfield. And it was very, very naughty. Uh, and literally, uh, because we had our old Valve TV that used to pull the plug out and go, tung. Uh, I always used to cough upstairs. And I think my dad thought I had black lung or bronchi, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but when dad used to come up the stairs, he used to turn it off. But because it was an old TV, the bloody ghost used yeah, to stay yeah, on just, it. So it's still like the light would pop and you're like, what? No, I was just, I was laying but there, man. Just taking it. That's in. one of the most important things is those staying up, you know, those naughty things where you stay up and catch stuff that you weren't supposed to see. And you, it becomes magical in, in your mind, really. And um, we're still talking the other day, me and some other comedians about when Rick Mail went, it was a real dagger to the heart because he was uh, everything to the Brits. He was so, you know, we had these sort of uh, quite, you know, we, we did have Monty Python, which were quite garish and, but, you know, still John Cleese is quite contained and so is Eric. But all of a sudden here was a kind of, you know, like mad um, overt person. And it was a real shock when he went. Uh, well, thank you for helping me come up with this film. I feel like the pitch is going to go really well. Um, I mean, it was a, it's my pleasure. Yeah, honor I wish it. I could be in the room when you hit up those execs. Well, I mean, and I wanted to get you in there. I really did. I did everything I could. But like, uh, it's. I mean, they just wanted to talk to me. They, they're not going to ask. Um, uh, but you know what I, uh, you know what I will ask you though, uh, if you're ready at all for two minutes and ten questions. Are you ready? No, you're not. Nobody is. Number one, how did the director make such a great film about feet? Because he had soul, toad, don't know. Because <laughs> he edited the footage. Number two, what oh. stopped the octopus movie shoot? 
tentacle problems. Oh, one out of ten. Number three on Friends, who was always paddling the canoe? Monocle. No, I don't know. <laughs> Aunt Lisa could row. Number four. <laughs> what do directors eat when they're done filming? Uh, fine meat cuts. Aunt <laughs> wraps. Number five. <laughs> Why did it take so long to render the sound in Titanic? Uh, sinking feeling. Yeah, because it was sinking. Two out of ten. Number six. Did you see the Oxygen movie yet? Is it breathtaking? <laughs> And no, nobody knows when it's going to air. Number seven, why did the captain of the plane hide from the set? No idea. Because <laughs> he heard they were shooting a pilot. Number eight, why didn't oh, anybody see that. the fried egg movie? Because there was shell shocked. Because <laughs> it was panned. Number nine, why is it oh, easy gosh. to get a laugh? <laughs> No one, no one should be, I'm not proud of this. Number nine, why, why is it easy to get a light crew to work for free? They're enlightened. <laughs> and, no, they do it for the exposure. And number 10, oh, why don't directors of photography smoke? All I've got is quit. <laughs> Patches, don't know. Because <laughs> it takes them forever to light up. But two out of 10. Two oh, out two. of ten. No, that's uh, the record is four, and no one should be proud of that. No. No. In fact, in fact, the fact that you came at it, I usually have to give them away sometimes, but you came yeah. at it so naturally. Towards the end, I wasn't really structuring sentences. No, no. At really. that particular point, words. you were just like, I don't know, fucking fuck off. And I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> that's not right, but I will soon. Don't worry. <laughs> Listeners of Chad the Birdcast, drink Malort, because they're fucking crazy. Okay, turn the fucking music off. Okay, special thanks to the Barracudas for their kick-ass song, Promises. It's taken us out on the back end for all these years. Thank you to Jepson's Malort for being my loyal sponsor and the fuel of my fire. Big ups and uber thanks to the great, legendary Terry Minot for being awesome and hanging out with me on the Birdcast and just being the best. And, I, you know... New friends, man. New friends, new family. Really great having you. Really good to meet you. Come back again. Uh, and, uh, you know, bring bring snacks this time because I had to provide a lot and I'm, I'm out now. Uh, thank you to you for listening. Hey, check in with your friends. Check in with your family. And don't forget to email your heroes uh, on Instagram, on TikTok, whatever you can do because we're all together right now on this. We're, nobody's above or below anyone. We're all just trying to get through it. Um, check out all the links below to find out what Terry Minot's up to. Uh, check out the link below to find out what I'm up to. Come find me on the Discord. Come find me on uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. There's so much shit coming up. You're not going to want to miss it. I got so many things to do because there ain't fuck all else to do. So I'm just going to do whatever I can to keep things going. Um, speaking of keeping things going, I'm going to go uh, get something to drink. Because it's, oh man, turn it, I'm going to turn off the news and I'm going to get a sippy sip right now. Well, hang on. We got wait. All right, now I'm going to go. Okay, now. Oh, hey, podcast people. It's Chad the Bird, and this is a commercial for something super cool that you should totally get into. But why me? And why you? Well, here's the deal. I have a brand new show in the works just for you that will harken you back to a time before when things were random and all bets were off. When Ecto Cooler roamed the land and you would wake up early on Saturday mornings. Remember those days? 
been too long since we've had reason, and now here I am with you and that reason. And that reason is a brand new live action show starring me and an army of comedians, musicians, writers, actors, celebs, and randos streaming right into your desktop on Saturday mornings live. TV used to be wild, free, untamed by plot and point, remember? When it was just whatever the hell you got, like Halloween candy. Sometimes it's chocolate, sometimes it's a pack of chalky bullshit. Either way, that's the game. My new show will stack your pumpkin bucket with random comedy, music, spoken word, and whatever the hell people give me into 20 minutes of prime internet escape written and performed by the best of the best and the best we can afford right into your home Saturday mornings live. So join me, Chad the Bird, and donate to my Patreon now to bring back the good old days of nonsense to your Saturday mornings. Funding will help produce and maintain a monthly show that we hope to turn into a bi-monthly show, and hey, you go all ham on this and we'll go weekly. Take back your Saturday mornings, reclaim random, and give me money. Chad the Bird is my name, and my new show is all for you, podcast people. So click the link and get in on it. Is that good?